Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, from Connecticut, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, May 20th, 2019, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are in chapter 2. There is a solution on page 27. The first paragraph which begins with some of our alcoholic readers may think. We will be reading and commenting on two paragraphs which end with closed on him with a clang. Today's readers are Anita B., Lindsay W., Craig F., Barbara E., and Lisa B. The the share ID number for yesterday, Sunday, May 13th, 2019's special edition meeting is 12,920, 12920. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting <coughs> Pardon me. through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery to uh, message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anita B. to read the OA 12 Steps. Thanks. Anita B. here from New Jersey Recovering. Uh, Here are the steps we took which are suggested as program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. Thank you, Anita B. I will now ask Lindsay W. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning. It's Lindsay W., a compulsive overeater in Houston, Texas. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lindsay W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in Chapter 2. There is a solution on page 27, the first paragraph, which begins with, Some of our alcoholic readers may think. We will be reading and commenting on two paragraphs, which end with, Closed on him with a clang. I will now ask Craig F. to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
Some of our alcoholic readers may think they can do without spiritual help. Let us tell you the rest of the conversation our friend had with his doctor. The doctor said, you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. I've never seen one single case recover where that state of mind existed to the extent that it does in you. Our friend felt as though the gates of hell had closed on him with a clang. Um, I uh, identify so much with that feeling that the gates of hell had closed with a clang. I, before I got the program, I remember sitting reading a Sunday news supplement um, in, in the in the newspaper, and uh, they were interviewing a doctor and uh, he, about weight loss, and and he said that uh, people that had a hundred pounds to lose that the, there were about 4% of those people would ever take it off or keep it off. And people with 200 pounds to lose, the percentage of people that could take it off and keep it off was not measurable. It was so small, it wasn't, it was negligible. And I sat there with about 200 pounds to lose and read that. And of course, in my willfulness, I gritted my teeth and I clenched my fists and I said, by God, I, I can do it. I'm, I'm stronger willed than most people. <laughs> um, and of course that didn't work. Uh, of course that didn't work. Um, so I, I felt those, that, you know, that desperation that comes from understanding that I have a, of a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. But uh, I, I want to... Um, I want to point out that it says some of our alcoholics uh, readers may think they can do this without spiritual help. Uh, and, and, you know, I sat there too, and I thought uh, at the time they, that God would help me. And I, I uh, uh, when I certainly, when I got the program, uh, I thought, uh, you know, God will help me. Uh, sure, God will help me. And, and God will help. You know, there's no doubt about it. The problem was I sat there waiting on him to help me. You know, I, I missed that uh, phrasing of step 12 that says, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. Uh, you know, I, I, it doesn't say having been zapped by lightning because you're one of the chosen that you're going to get to recover, you know. Having said, God hit me with lightning, I got hit with lightning. It doesn't say that. You know, it, it, it says I need to do the work. Uh, I, you know, we talk about step three as being a decision to go ahead and do the rest of the work. Uh, and, you know, I didn't, it took me a long time to get that through my thick little head that, uh, I wish my head was little. There's <laughs> nothing about me, little. But but that um, that I would uh, that, that I would have to uh, to to go through that process, the the inventory, the confession, the the surrender of my character defects, the and and certainly the amends that that I would need to get to the place where I was uh, living this spiritual way of life. The, life of, of reflection and introspection, uh, 
of seeking God uh, on a daily basis, the the process of of, uh, uh, of seeking help uh, when I felt uh, distressed or or in fear or in resentment or in anger that when I when when these things crop up that that I needed to adopt a way of life and and then ask God to come alongside me to help me to provide the power that that I didn't have because uh, it, it wasn't going to work when if I said I'm going to do this on my own maybe God will help me it, it wasn't going to work if I said God help me first and then I'll do this what what has to happen is I have to do the things I can do and surrender to the process and surrender to that power greater than myself and 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 understand what's my job and what's God's job and uh, to uh, to know the difference and with that I'll pass thank you thank you Craig S for getting us started in your share if you haven't shared on this meeting in the past couple of days and would like to share on the first and or second paragraph on page 27 in the big book, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and that last initial. Lisa B. Betty W. Betty W. Jason S. Say that. Was it another Jason? Jason K. Um, yeah, Jason K. And I think I heard a Jason S, unless it was something else S. You did. It's Jason S. Oh, my. Two Jasons. And then a female voice I just heard, I think. Um, Hudson L. Hudson L. Barbara E. And Barbara E. How about if we go with the six of you? We have Lisa B, Debbie W, Jason S, Jason K, Hudson L, and Barbara E. Lisa B, please go ahead. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and thank you for your service. This is really such a powerful reading because it reminds me that my mind, my mind is the problem and that the 12 steps will treat my mind. It's a spiritual remedy for my mind. And the um, abstinence treats the physical allergy, but the mind is the worst aspects. And I love, I love in the chapter, Working with Others, how it talks about we meet these conditions every day. An alcoholic who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. There is something the matter with his spiritual status. So it is such a freedom walking around this earth as a free person today, not being roped in by when I see, a, you know, my food or my substances or my drug, I'm totally neutral. I'm totally free. The only time it will start to call out to me is when my spiritual status is disrupted. And that's why I'm so grateful for the 12-step process, the way it is laid out specifically in this big book, it creates a change. It creates an experience. This book was written to bring about a dramatic, deep, and effective experience. And that's what's happened to me. So um, I want to share about how I'm safe and protected with my higher power. By It's not the abstinence that is the most important thing to me. I used to think that's what had to be the most important thing. 
That is the key to get me in the door. It's my spiritual status. And that's why the growing steps of 10, 11, and 12 are so vital, so life-giving. And that um, I can be safe and protected in any environment, no matter what. That's, that's just amazing. You know, and it's just words coming out of my mouth. But we teach by experience. We learn by experience. And I couldn't just absorb this in my mind and sit like in a classroom listening day in and day out to you. I actually had to get out, take the action steps, and really experience let it get from my head to my gut, to my toes, and live and breathe it, you know. And, and it just sounds like words coming out, and it's frustrating because I, I really want to try and convey it. But you guys have to live it and see it, and many of you have. And that's why I love sharing with other recovered fellows. But I need to roll up my sleeves and get in the trenches with those that have not yet experienced it and help them experience it so I can keep re-experiencing it. It's an amazing way to live. It's such a satisfying way of living. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa B. Debbie W. Debbie, we don't hear you. Star one. Was it by any chance a name no. that sounds like? Oh, is Can, this Debbie W.? Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Good morning. I hear you. Go ahead. Thank you so much for leading our meeting and for um, uh, 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 taking the trouble um, to do that and um, and for your abstinence. And thank you, everybody on the line. Um, uh, I wanted to read this today because... Um, uh, I felt it was a very important paragraph. Um, uh, I do feel I have the mind of a, an alcoholic because I can't pick up a bite of one of my um, uh, compulsive foods or one of my alcoholic foods and and stop. And, um, and I used to not be able to even go into a grocery store without um, uh, salivating when I looked at any of the bread products or the cake products. Um, But today, as a recovering um, compulsive eater, uh, I know that my state of mind is involved uh, in my compulsive overeating. And um, my state of mind, my illness and state of mind can tell me to eat something, um, uh, which I can't. And so it's really important for me to stay close to the program and close to my sponsor. But um, I know that further on and even before, uh, the one thing uh, that um, I I didn't realize was that I could ask God for hope and recovery, you know, in this with this disease with my food, and um, uh, and in a way I had always felt that except what I didn't get was really the first step. We are powerless over food and our life had become unmanageable. I didn't realize that when I want control over my food or anything else, that means I'm looking for power. And now I know that that power uh, comes from God. And whenever I want to control something and um, thank you, God. I hope uh, 
I know I need this reinforcement every day, all day, that when I want to control something, I'm re, I'm re, taking back um, being the director, but I don't have the power to control my food. And um, at this point, our friend felt as though the gates of hell had closed on him with a clang. He didn't realize that he didn't have that power either. And that's why I can identify with it. And uh, and now, when I ever feel like that, and hopefully I will every moment of the day if I get into that, I ask God for help and uh, forgiveness because I realize he's the infinite power and I'm my power, if I have any at all, is finite. So thank you for listening, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Debbie W. Jason. It's Betty W. It's oh, Betty. 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 Yeah. So sorry. Thank you for correcting well, that, me. That's okay. It may be my a New York accent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jason so, so, S. Thank okay. you. Thanks, Rebecca. Jason S. here from Alberta, Canada. Um, yeah, I don't always articulate myself when I know well, and I'm always, I don't always come on the line because I get uh, fearful about sharing, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do her this morning again. All right. Um, just because of the fact that these few, these lines really speak to me and um, with this spirituality stuff. So, you know, like for me, where it says no spiritual help, um, you know, that's just a reflection of my current and unmanageability in my life today, you know, um, when I don't seek spiritual help, right, you know, because, um, you know, like I'm in a state, state of hopelessness, you know, and the book tells me that I'm incapable of being honest with me, you know, because, like, self-knowledge is... That's why self-knowledge is no good to me because I'm a liar, like by nature, right? You know, if you're somebody who's on the line today and you're in the food and you don't, and you're not sure what to do, and you think like me, that you might have that knowledge, you know, you don't have to ride that garbage truck all the way to the dump, you know, that I used to ride, you know. Like my disease... I can remember, um, like, I can, this is what my disease looks like. When I was, like, five or six, I can remember being a little kid. We lived in a little cul-de-sac, and, you know, us compulsive readers, we got a lot of ingenuity, right? You know, I was that little kid that was going around picking flowers off the tree to go around, and get money so that I could go to the store and buy chocolate bars, you know. Um, like, that's what my obsession was like, even at that age, you know. When, uh, you know, mom's cookies ran out and I didn't have any more sweets anymore to eat, you know, I was giving her, right, you know. That's, that's um, you know, that's what my disease looks like, you know. Um, my today... You know, I have to try and... The only thing that I can be willing to do today is to try and put that much energy into earnestly seeking something else bigger than me to help me with that because I can't get out of that on my own, you know. 
And, you know, the first step to that is admitting that I don't really know anything, you know, because I always think that I do know and having that self-knowledge and having that program knowledge and reading the book, but that don't help me because it's that thing that's power, more powerful than me that's going to get me out of that. So, anyways, I'm not going to take up much more time, so with that, I'll pass. Thanks. That was exactly three minutes, Jason S. Thank you so much, and I'm glad, we are glad that you took the courage to unmute and say your name and share. Keep coming. Jason K. You're next. Good morning, Jason, Jason K., Recovered Compulsive Eater outside of Philadelphia, often confused with Jason S. from Alberta, who I do sponsor, so just funny to hear him on the line. Um, happy to be here and thanking God today for my abstinence. Um, I like to take this, uh, take some of these statements in the big book and make them really personal and ask myself the question, do I have the mind of a chronic alcoholic? And that's part, for me, part of the first step consideration, do I have this mind of the chronic alcoholic? And part of my first step experience is feeling as if the gates of hell are, have closed on me with a clang, that sense of uh, desperation, um, feeling doomed. Um, you know, Bill Wilson uses the term hopeless alcoholics, and here Dr. Young is telling Bolin Hazard, um, I've never seen uh, a case uh, where it, that state of mind existed to the extent it does in you. I've never seen a case um, recover. And, and part, part of our first step, and thank God we have more than just one step to tell people they're doomed, um, part of our first step is getting this in our, in our gut, is just feeling how um, doomed we are, are, the chronic nature of our illness. Uh, and there's a caveat. It's chronic and we're doomed without spiritual help. And earlier on, uh, I believe it's earlier on or maybe it's later on, it says we have two alternatives to accept spiritual help or to go on to the bitter end. Um, and, and those are alternatives in the sense of one thing or the other is going to happen. If we don't accept the help, we're just going to trod on to the bitter end. Um, so this, this uh, you know, thankfully this isn't true to today. It's, we can't say that we have not seen a single case recover because we're all on this line and we see this in our lives and in our recovery. Um, and thank God for that. That's, that's the hope today that this isn't true, that um, we have a proven uh, workable method, that we have the solution that we're, you know, here, um, studying this book, peering into this book, uh, we have the textbook with the instructions uh, that tell us precisely, specifically, um, how to recover. And that's, that's the good news for today. Um, and every once in a while, even in my recovery, you know, more than a year and a half of abstinence, I start to think I can go without spiritual help. Like, maybe I'm going to take care of my finances uh, and then I'm calling Kathy Joe uh, with a fear inventory saying, I'm so anxious about my finances. Um, so even today, sometimes I think uh, I can go without spiritual help, um, but I must turn in all things to the Father of Light who presides over us all. I must turn my life and my will over to God uh, day by day and continue to look for that spiritual pride, that part of me that says, I can do without spiritual help. And for me, that looks like me saying, I got this. And if I ever think I got this, you better believe I don't got this. Um, and I will start to feel restless, irritable, and discontent and have to clean that up. So um, thank you all for being here, and thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Jason K. Hudson L. 
Did you just call on me? This is Barbara. No, Barbara, I'm sorry. Oh. You're after okay. Hudson L. Oh, unless perfectly. we don't. Here she is. Here she Did is. I hear Hudson? I don't know. I thought maybe I heard Hudson, but it might have been you, Barbara. Let's see. Hudson L. Star Hi. one to unmute Hi. you. Hi, you there? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Here you Hi, are. This is uh, Hudson L., uh, recovered compulsive reader. Um, uh, thank you for letting me share, and thank you for your service today. Um, you know, I, I heard someone mention the nervousness about sharing, and um, uh, I just have to remember that that is uh, my ego playing big time, which is my disease that says, you don't need to share, you don't have anything to add. And so I share for myself and hopefully for anyone else who might get something from it. Um, so the first part of the reading, some of our alcoholic readers may think that they can do without spiritual help. Let us tell you the rest of the conversation our friend had with his doctor. So, um, you know, the big part of my story is uh, January 2017, I had my annual with my uh, physician, and every year we we discussed my weight because it had been an issue every year, and we tried uh, remedies like uh, medication uh, that gave me some release of weight for short spans of time and a little bit of hope. Uh, we talked about um, my exercising, it gave me a sense of hope that somehow I could work out hard enough to release the weight. Uh, but with a physician, of course, we never talked about a spiritual solution. I mean, that, that's not her job. And um, so I left that time, that, that, um, that appointment with my physician very bleak. We both agreed. Um, you know what, I'm tired. I'm tired of trying. I'm giving up. Uh, and she said, yeah, maybe you should take a break. Uh, what we've tried hasn't worked so far. And so that was January. And then March, February, uh, late February, I started listening to Vision on the regular. And, uh, and then first got my first Vision sponsor uh, sometime in March. And so I come to think of um, I come to think of that meeting with my doctor as part of my first step. I had totally given up. I was powerless over food. I knew my life was unmanageable, and so I thought I was going to tank into the food. And God was God was present, and shifts started to occur. And this line, this wonderful, wonderful vision line, this healthy, healthy OA meeting started to make more and more sense to me. And um, God's will being done, I went with that sense of hope and um, am where I am today. Well, thank you. Thank you for letting me share, and thanks for all the, all the wonderful people on this line that gives me hope every day. Thank you. Thank you, Hudson L. Barbara E., it's your turn. Thank you. So sorry for jumping in on someone's toes. 
well, today I can go anywhere. I don't have to be locked up or shielded from my allergic foods and subsequent harmful behaviors. I don't have to avoid going out with others and having those items in my house that my family enjoys. I no longer suffer from food senility, forgetting the consequences of going back into food hell. I am gratefully immune to those foods that once sang a siren song of seduction. That was not my story when I first became a member of OA two decades ago. I was morbidly obese, angry, irritable, and filled with self-loathing. My relationships were a mess, and I'd given up all hope of ever having a healthy relationship with food. I'd been on so many programs, I was exhausted. I truly did feel like I descended through the gates of hell and would never get out. You know why one never sees the fallen trees in Botswana or Zimbabwe that have been knocked over by the elephants? Termites move in and eat them all. I felt like those termites, eating everything in my sight, even things I didn't really like. I was also being eaten from within, too. I had no control over my compulsion. Sounds like hell to me. That's when fate or my higher power stepped in and a neighbor took me to my first OA meeting. I left that meeting with hope that this OA program that I didn't understand might possibly help me. For, for without some divine intervention, I knew I'd die without ever seeing my children grow to adulthood. So why am I today still alive and eager to face each new day? I did experience a miracle, not immediately, but slowly. I did develop a relationship with a higher power greater than myself to guide me through my day. Those important changes necessary if I was to experience a vital change in my attitude, a spiritual experience a truer rearrangement of my ideas and emotions. I could not afford to wait for the right day or sponsor or life situation to begin what was offered. If farmers waited for the right weather to plant, those seeds would never be planted and nothing would grow. So I dared not procrastinate, and that meant doing all the steps. I no longer need excessive food to give me this relief. I have been shown shown a better way. OA has saved my life. I thank you all so much. I pass. Thanks, Barbara E. If you haven't shared on this meeting in the past couple of days and would like to share on the first and or second paragraph on page 27 in the big book, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Vasa O. Ramona A. Barbara P. Wait one second. Ramona A. Barbara P. Rowena K. A. Jen A. A. Wow. 
Can I be heard, Rebecca? Hi. Somebody's going uh, far away from me, or it could be, I don't know. But I will continue. Good morning, everyone. Vasa, we actually don't hear you now. You're going in and out. Okay, can you hear me now, Rebecca? Yes, I do again. Thank you. Thank you. And good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa. Grateful, grateful, recover compulsively. Over here, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Thank you for your service, Rebecca. And the first uh, sentence is, some of our, of our alcoholic, I would call myself a compulsive reader, readers may think they can do that spiritual help. And, um, yeah, uh, after fighting the food for so long, so many years, I was just so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I welcomed the solution. And I welcomed when they, when some, when my sponsor said, the only way we can recover is if I needed to find a power greater than myself and and to help me and then work the 12 steps. And to me, it was like a song in my heart. I did not know what was the matter with me anyways. Finally, there was like a name. I didn't know food was a, an addiction. And at least I said, now I know what the problem is. Like if somebody's suffering from cancer, they, they're losing weight, or they, they feel sick and weak, you know. And finally, they were diagnosed, and then there was a solution. Okay, now, this, you know, we know what the problem is, and the solution is here. And I can identify with the food. I had to put everything aside, what I knew, because whatever I did, it just did not work, and the food was just going to kill me. So I was ready and I was willing to surrender, even though I was afraid to a power greater than myself. I, I thought God was out there, you know, helping out there with the big things, you know, and with the food is such a little thing. I didn't think I needed help, but I desperately needed a help. And I was just so ready and I was so, well, my sponsor said, just, just surrender, you know, just fake it till you get it, you know. And that's what I did. <laughs> I did have that spiritual connection with my higher power. I never thought it ever existed, you know. And um, out of desperation, I was ready to throw myself into the program, into the spirituality and the 12 steps, whatever, whatever. I said, I will do whatever it takes because I don't want this food to take me down. And it was taking me down if I did not find over it as anonymous, if I didn't find a power greater than myself, and if I didn't work the 12 steps, I don't know where it would be today. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Ramona A. Hi, this is Ramona A. Vermont, Recovered Compulsive Eater. And I know when I, before OA, before getting help with this, I tried many, many things, and I was a great dieter. I could diet and lose all the weight and be there, and and then, of course, I was a really good dieter. I could gain it all back, plus, and go up and down, so, um, 
and I thought I was being spiritual because I talked to God about this. I prayed about this. But I still somehow was under the, the impression that it was up to me to do something about it all by myself. And I, the prayer was like, God, why do I have this? What can, you know, what do you want me to do about it? And it, uh, you know, it just never worked. It never worked. And coming to OA, I knew I was powerless and I surrendered easily in the beginning. And the spiritual side, yes, yeah, I believe. But to do the work, that was part of the spiritual side to say, I need to do the work and work with that. Well, um, sorry, I'm on a walk here. But do the work and trust God in the middle of it. And the more that I am in program, the more that I work the steps, the more I understand the spiritual side of it. And I know that there would be no recovery for me without that. It wouldn't have mattered how much I prayed because all of that was always outside of me. So, and it's like the the spiritual growth is also in spirals. You know, when I, I think that I've got it, no, I think, oh, I'm recovered, I've got this. But it isn't so. I've got it to a certain point. But there's always more. And I'm so grateful there's always more. It's always a challenge, but it's also wonderful. And now I look forward to it. That more in spiritual growth that gives me that much more freedom and that much more serenity. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ramona A. Barbara T. Good morning. This is Barbara P. in the Atlanta area, recovered compulsive overeater. And um, I do. I remember thinking when you know this line really strikes me this morning. The gates of hell had closed on him with a dra- with a clang. Um, I didn't really believe in hell, but I did. I felt like when I got that diagnosis, so to speak, it really is like hearing any other diagnosis. When I got it. When I understood that I was bodily and mentally different, I I did. I had these gates that just closed. But what I didn't realize was that that clang, that was those gates closing behind me, not in front of me. I mean, I really do. I think that those gates closed on the disease because once I could really know that truth, I, I didn't like it, but boy, it it began to change how I approached program. It wasn't just like a nice place to go and meet up with people and I've got great support and lots of love and really good hugs. Then program became, I I became desperate to work this, to, to take whatever actions to even those that looked really, really like they would never work for me. Um, I just became willing to take any action because I heard that playing and I wanted it behind me. Um, So I think that's one thing. And then the other is I I love now when I work with sponsees and, you know, they're all excited to get started and everybody, you know, feels like, okay, I'm on a new path. It's kind of like the Monday morning diet, you know, I'm on a new path. And then when they really begin to step, to get step one, 
you know, and when someone's honest, they'll, they'll say, wow, I, that's, I don't feel good about this. I, this is really depressing. I hate this. Well, yeah, then I know they're getting it. That, that's, that to me is the biggest sign of hope when someone says, wow, okay, that doesn't feel good. Um, I don't know. Step one, you, it's almost like I have to hear that gate close on this disease before I can recover. So I like to think of it like that. And thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Barbara P. Rowena K. Hi, this is Rowena Kay uh, from the United Kingdom. Um, when I read this, um, um, it, it makes me, I focus on the words uh, spiritual help. Um, and I think maybe in the beginning of my program, I thought I could do this without spiritual help. Um, but as I get got more into recovery, um, the spiritual help idea becomes a red herring to me because I have no problem accepting that there's a power greater than me. Um, and that I need that power to to get me through this program. But, but my um, the problem that I have is that I'm not open to accepting spiritual help. You know, I have to get to a place where I can hear, where I can you know, where I can actually take the help. Because if I'm blocked um, with other addictions, and you know, I get absent in the food. My pattern is getting absent in the food, and then another addiction comes up somewhere else. So, and this, I don't get these other addictions unless I'm absent in the food and they can actually throw me right off my path. So, um, the other addictions are things like codependence, love addiction, Netflix, um, and anything else that I use to, um, to take me away from how I feel. Um, so that's what my problem is. It's, it's not the spiritual help itself. It's actually, you know, being open to accepting it. Um, and, you know, the door, the gate does actually clang, um, closed on me. And I'm not aware of it closing. I'm not aware of it closing when I'm in my other addictions. Um, and also when I'm in the food as well. Um, but the food, you know, for me, um, is also a red herring because it's never about the food for me. Um, and so today I'm abstinent um, and I'm, I'm feeling really grateful for that I wasn't abstinent two or three days ago um, and yeah so I guess that's all I'm going to share thank you and I'll pass thank you Rowena K Jen A good morning Rebecca thank you for your service my name is Jen A I'm a recovered compulsive overeater anorexic and bulimic here in Colorado um, the chronic compulsive overeater, that was me, right? Um, I would continually occur to eat over and over again. I was suffering from the disease, right? I was continuing to exercise over and over again or throw up or binge and restrict. And it was just this, this cycle of madness. And then one day I was out running in my compulsive exercise and I heard a song, Free Your Mind and the Rest Will Follow. And then getting to here, to this, to these paragraphs, it was like, oh, 
free your mind, the rest will follow. But what I heard first was, I have an allergy, so I have to remove the food fog before my mind is even going to hear anything, before I could even hear this message that was being put before me. Um, the, black and, the black words on the white pages, right? Um, and I knew in my mind that I couldn't do it, um, so I had no other um, option but to um, accept help from someone else, and that was spiritual help. You know, at first it looks like, and I love how it was said today, it's my, it's my sponsor. My sponsor is guiding me. I grab the hand of the first person um, out of that pit of despair, and that person's guiding me. And that person is just shining the light for me to see what I need, and I need spiritual help. And that's what it says right here in the pages. Um, and I have to remember, I can't, but God can, and I'm going to let him. Um, and that's what's so beautiful about this today is that, um, you know, no longer am I in the food. The food no longer guides me. Um, but something has to change. My nature has to change. And guess what? The heavy work today is on God. Um, I, I ha- He's going to remove these core beliefs in my life. Um, that's not something I have to do, but I, I have to do the work and go to him, and then he does the heavy work. Um, so that's how my nature changes, and I go from uh, being this compulsive eater in the food, in the exercise, um, in all these behaviors, and um, now I have somebody guiding me, and that person is God. Um, he's my guide for life. So no longer are the gates of hell shutting on me with a clang, they're open, they're wide, um, and it's 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 roomy, it's broad, it's for everybody, right? So come join and walk with us. It's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Don't give up. Keep coming back. Thanks, Jen A. You know what? Um, we have time for one or two more shares. If anybody else wants to share on the first or second Melissa pair, I heard Melissa C and Larry K. I'm sorry, Magdalena. I'll put you down, but I, my guess is we don't have time. But maybe if each person shares a little shorter, there would be. Go ahead, Melissa C. Hi. Good morning. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. I'll, I'll try to keep mine then for two minutes. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about the, um, there's there are only two alternatives, you know, which we knew before, and, um, you know, it was in the paragraphs before this, but this is really driving that point home. It's like, you're going to accept the spiritual help or, or be ready to live, you know, in the gates of, within the gates of hell. Um, there's no other options left. And, um, and I also was thinking about that chronic, the mind of a chronic, alcoholic or a chronic compulsive over here, and yet we hear here and we know here that we recover. So how is it that I can have this chronic condition and yet live in a recovered state? And, you know, I'll just share an example, right? I, I, I do have the mind of a chronic compulsive overeater, and I am powerless to my first thought. You know, I do. I get a food thought. It doesn't happen often. Thank God, but occasionally it does happen, and and I have no control over that first thought. But I do have, because I'm recovered, I have a skill set that I've learned here that I can use that I can use so that I can access spiritual help, and then I don't have to eat. You know, and so yesterday, I, this past weekend, I was at a beautiful retreat. 
filled with like recovery and spiritual, you know, uh, connections, and I felt so wonderful. And unfortunately, I got a call there that um, my beloved cousin passed, and and it was devastating. You know, I felt devastated, and I needed to leave abruptly. And you know, I had just eaten a weight and measured breakfast, but when I got in the car leaving, my stomach started to growl. And I'm like, mm-hmm, I am. I have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. And, but, I, you know, I, I got busy. I, there were other people that I needed to give service to within, within my loving family. And the desire to eat, you know, was extinguished. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa C. Larry K. Hey, Rebecca, thank you so much. Um, the the um you know it's interesting you know that it talks about the mind of a chronic alcoholic and um and of course he says that he doesn't see a single case recover where that state of mind existed in Roland and you know i need to remember that prior to the 1930s these gutter drunks were either institutionalized or they you know they they died under a bridge somewhere and so dr young paved the way for roland to consider the spiritual pro- approach built on action and I, where my mind went was 1958 because, because that's when Roseanne and her husband, Marvin, they, they attended a, a, a Gambler's Anonymous meeting, and she saw an application for this spiritual approach with her compulsive overeating because she, she really viewed herself as and had a history as a gutter a compulsive overeater. And, you know, in 1961, so they formed OA, and in 1961 or 62, I can't remember, they they had voted the small numbers at that point, but they were growing to uh, to ban men from OA, <laughs> which 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 sounds like maybe not such a bad idea. But but I'm glad that they that Roseanne disagreed. So I get to hear people like Harlan and others, and people that had this affliction too. So many others, these men and women, and it's interesting also that this spiritual approach that over time you know OA splintered a bit if you know the history and they moved, you know, certain factions moved away from the spiritual approach and it was more of kind of a diet and using tools and so forth. They didn't want to offend anybody. And, and Roseanne in her later years, you know, realized and she had her ups and downs and struggles too, but she realized that we moved away from the foundational core of AA and the spiritual approach built on action and internal change. And that was extraordinary that they did that. And then I had the opportunity to recover. With that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thanks, Larry Kay. Magdalena W., we have a minute or so. Do you want to take it? Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. I really wanted to share here because before I came in, I'm recovered from in the UK. Before I came in, I thought that food was my problem. I didn't know it was my solution. And I applied myself to the problem. So for my first 38 years, I overate, compulsively binged, purged for some of that time. And then at that roundabout end of uh, the late 30s, I found a way of eating that gave me control over my weight, control over that terrifying thing with, with how much I weighed. And I thought I'd made it. But I spent 20 years totally obsessed with food, as before only worse. Mental obsession was chronic. No one would ever want to eat around me. 
so obsessive. And then um, what happened was the weight started to come on because the illness developed into nighttime eating. And I'd wake every hour and have to eat in order to sleep, in order to work. That was how it made me so sick. And it was at that point in the middle of the night when I felt the gates of hell closing in on me because I knew I'd lost control of being able to control my weight. And that was the thing. Since I've been in OA, this recovery has been miraculous because I don't think about food unless I'm eating and I don't really think about my weight. That is a complete miracle, a complete change from what my life was before. I can seem to be normal around food when I'm with other people. With that, I will pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Oh, that's great. Thank you, Magdalena W. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Monday, May 20th, 2019, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 12,922. That's 12922. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Barbara E. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. It will be my honor. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.